we are just winging it. Filled with guitars. And uh, I, I feel like there would could have been like a motto or something going there, but I didn't have any ending to it. Guitars, cars, and bars. <laughs> it, luckily, guitars rhymes with a ton of things, so you could do a lot with it. Yeah, I John, know, you have a there's a, a new there's a new guitar behind you, uh, ladies and gentlemen. You may remember an episode that was either last week or last year. I don't really know at this point, but where uh, where you know I was trying to one up John by uh, having, you know, all of the guitars that I own and my kid, to be fair, many of them were my children's guitars on the screen with me. Um, John responded by buying a brand new, very beautiful Gretsch instrument, which is behind him right now. And you na- and now officially have more guitars behind you than I do. And I'm, I'm sensing that this well, is going to escalate. Me. I think you still, I, yeah, you obviously, so part of the problem is that I'm part, this is where, you know, one, one, we had an episode about social media and, you know, whether it's ultimately good or bad for society. Um, and one kind of cool thing has been this guitar group that I belong to. There's a Fender, um, you know, guitar group. And every time you scroll through everybody, you know, NGD, it's hashtag NGD, new guitar day. And uh, you just see this constant stream, right? And it's awful because it just it just makes you want. But I remember the first time I saw a Gretsch guitar, and I was just so uh, impressed with the design of the thing. I mean, they're just, yeah. like, beautiful instruments. I believe so. U2 uses them periodically. Actually, Bono. I don't think The Edge yeah. plays it, but I think I've seen Bono playing a Gretsch. I, are you saying this to me as if I didn't already know it, or is this more for our audience? <laughs> well, I, I guess audience? what, what I, I'm, he I'm plays wondering. The Falcon, I believe it is. Oh, is it? Is that what the model is for the? the so he does. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Good. But that so, isn't what influenced. That is me. not. What, well, this is what I'm getting at. Like, yeah. I, I feel like you're going to come across like you know. I just really like the playability of like the rosewood fingerboard. I, I, I did. Yeah. It was not just Bono. <laughs> it wasn't me. just Bono. But okay. I will say also that you know that so the AC uh, the the Vox AC30 is this like legendary amp. It's an amp, yeah. Um, and I I I almost texted you a couple weeks ago and I was like to talk me out of you know buying this thing. Cause I was like, <laughs> cause I know it's way overkill, but then I got to the, cause they had like a used one and I'm like, it would be a really good deal. Have you seen them in person? Yeah. they're. Beautiful. I mean, it's like the size of the whole wall behind me. Right. You know, they're massive. So yeah. as soon as I saw it, I'm like, all right, this would actually be ridiculous. I mean, if I ever get Did to you a get place, it? no, I didn't get it. <laughs> I was proud of myself, but I almost you texted you that day and I'm like, and I, I obviously you would have told me to get to buy it, but I almost, you know texted you as like a friend uh guitars anonymous friend or something right um to because the thing as is like a life coach basically to I tell mean, you to turn around right exactly yeah. but you would have just told me to buy it I would, um yeah. it's been interesting you know because i i only started playing in november and and since then i've purchased three guitars <laughs> and i feel a little guilty about that um but at the same time i'm like well we're not going on vacation and this is like something i'm legitimately enjoying and playing every single day yeah. Um, and I haven't lost motivation yet. You know, obviously it hasn't been a ton of time, but uh, it's been so fun. And now I feel like I have a good variety where you've got the acoustic, you've got the, you know, the Strat with the sort of like chimey uh, cut through whatever noise sound and then something that has a fuller sound now with the Gretsch. So um, anyway, this isn't this isn't what people are listening for, uh, if they're even listening to us at all right now. You know, there's there's some other guitars you should consider, John. To, <laughs> Don't even. I, I am the I am the devil on your shoulder. So John texted totally me are. last yeah, weekend. Yeah. He's like, man, I just I know it's bad. I'm well, I'm being a bad boy, but I keep looking at this Gretsch guitar. <laughs> Did I say and I'm that? Like, it's yeah. ridiculous, and I'm like, you should buy it. And you're like, no way. Three hours later, John goes, I bought the guitar. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit. But you you know you know, it's. Here's the thing: is that we don't spend very much money on ourselves, right? Yeah, like, yeah. especially as as dads with young just kids. Just talk me into buying more. Go ahead. Yeah, well, that's what I'm going to get at. Yeah, but but we, you know, it's 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 okay. It's okay to do that. It's okay to indulge in a passion, especially when that passion actually can hold some equity to it. And we had a conversation about this a couple of days ago. That is true. Where I have probably owned, <laughs> yeah, I've probably owned twenty or twenty five guitars in my life. I've been playing since I was that's eleven insane. or twelve. Wow. But currently, I only have four or five. Yeah, yeah. And it's because, like, over the years, you know, I got one for Christmas when I was a very little kid, um, you know, and then I got another one for another holiday, and then I sold that. I and mean, then over yeah, time, and you, like, you've been born a musician. You're, you know, you're a musician through and through, so I feel like it's right. the norm to just have instruments in and out of the house always, probably. It goes with the brand. You yes, know, it's it's a, it's a good thing yes. to have. Yes. Uh, but but over time, you know, you buy and you sell, and, and the good thing with, with uh, something like a guitar, if it's a nice one, 
is yeah. that similar to classic cars and you know into how home improvements like it holds you know value over time and it becomes something that you can bargain with and that you can upgrade with yeah that's true and so um we were talking about this offline earlier for me the the concept of like equity was really born out of this idea of guitars because they were the only things that i had that had any real value attached to them as a young person right I, I just love the idea like, of you as a young person, you know, trading like uh, the back of a truck filled with your stuff, <laughs> just like trading up for, you know, an Alienware computer, as you said, for one of them, yeah, which right. I just love, you know, that's exactly what a teen, I don't even think you were a teenager, actually, but <laughs> I would no, I was 19 and I, I okay, you were, okay. yeah, I was oh, still so technically a teenager. Spot on. I like, I, that's something so I could good. totally see myself doing if I ever had a nice guitar. Because I had um, traded up and traded up and traded up. And then I had this guitar that was, as I told you, like, this was my, my perfect guitar. It was a Gibson <laughs> Firebird, Cardinal Red, which I don't think they make any. It was just like, oh, just man, you purchased it for something that just guitar. immediately, like, lost its value. Yeah, and, and, and I got this, like, piece of shit Alienware yeah. with it, which was, I mean, it, at the time it was not a piece of shit. Did it light shit, up? But... It had lights in it, didn't it? Oh, it had a f- alien face with eyes that yeah, lit up. Yeah, yes, and it had it had liquid cooling for some reason. I yeah, don't know why it was getting why so not? hot. I right. mean, <laughs> it had like one megabyte of RAM, you know. <laughs> but uh, and I justified it by by saying like, well, this will hold value to, but it didn't. You know, it, it I got nothing back when I traded the components in for it, and of I just course. lost that guitar. And then my next purchase with with whatever I had left for guitars, other than the Strat that I've held onto forever was uh, uh, an Xbox, like the original Xbox. And that similarly just, you know, shit the bed and lost value. And I don't even know, I don't even know where it is at this point. Yeah. And the, the moral of the story is, what is the if moral? you're going to put money into something, it should be something that you care about and something that you know you will still care about in enough time for it to have either appreciated in value or for you to have gotten as much enjoyment as you, yes. you know, would like to get out of it, right? Sage advice, yes. So currently we're in the situation with our basement. So, you know, I, when we moved in here, I was like, we have to finish the basement because they had started that when we mm. moved. There's plumbing hookups. All yes. the studs are up in the walls and there's insulation. Same kind of thing. All we this had, stuff yeah. similar to so you So you guys. just like have to. It's asking for you to finish it. Right. And we spend so much time down there because it's always nice and cool in the summertime. All of our big video game stuff is down there. The arcade cabinets. Yep. Uh, all of our exercise equipment, our gym is down there. It's just this, it's a space that we spend like a significant amount I'm of time in I'm just imagining this massive sprawling, you know, there's a bowling alley, an arcade, Actually, a workout area. you say that, but I was talking to my mom about this. I was, she's like, you know that, that like, part in the back? Like, you could make a nice bowling alley back there. I was like, Mom, what are you, t- you can't do that to me. I depend on you to not influence oh, me like man. that. Yeah. Um, but I think she was serious. Anyway, uh, so we had, you know, contractors come over, do a little, just because... You know, with basements, I feel like I don't know what I well with with most things I don't know what I'm doing, but especially with Naturally. a basement where things can warp over time and get you know gross. Like, yeah, I needed to have somebody at least come and take a look at it and do a write up of like what if we were going to do it, it would cost, and if sure. they were going to do it, like what that would entail, right? Um, and of course, this guy's like. Well, first thing we're going to do is, you know, we're going to rip out all of the studs that are in there. We're uh, going to put galvanized steel, purple nuh-uh. board. It's industrial grade. I'm going to put down three layers of flooring for you guys. You're going to get <laughs> HVAC coming from the top. You're going to get electric baseboard from the bottom. It's going to have a walkout Radiant closet. Heat, yeah. And meanwhile, I'm just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. He's like, there's going to be a marble staircase. It's going to be cut in half in the middle. It's going to have some LED lights. We're going to do a space feature. travel. Uh-huh. Yeah, a yep. fountain coming out. <laughs> Anyway, long story short, the, this estimate was like $20,000 more than we had <gasps> yeah, anticipated yeah, yeah, yeah. being. So I was like, okay, maybe not that. So we're in the process now of getting alternate quotes from other people and looking into what we could real, realistically do you know, yeah. ourselves. Keeping in mind that we're not going to do, do the electrical work, obviously, ourselves. Like, that's something. But there's other things we could. Oh, yeah. And um, I've been feeling guilty about that, similar to you buying these guitars, because I feel like it's not something that is, like, exigent and it's not something that we need to do now for like safety. It's not like putting money in the bank for school. It's not thinking about tomorrow and thinking about what if one of us loses our jobs and we're like, you know, struggling or something. What about the mortgage? Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with any of that. It's something that is that it's just something exciting that we that speaks to our needs and, and, and our and our likes, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and we've been talking about that, and I've been realizing that. It's money that we are not getting rid of because it's staying with us in the form of value, right? And in That's the form true. of equity, right? So, so like our, our home value will go up. If we ever decide to sell this house, it will be worth more. 
But more importantly, like the time that we're spending in the house is so much that the usage will get Especially, out of Especially, yeah. Crazy, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Definitely. this is a long way of saying that, you know, if, if you want to ever just like encourage me to make bad decisions, you, you're it's OK. Just do it about the basement because I'm, I mean, I'm feeling apprehensive. It about certainly it. sounds more prudent to spend on, on your home than, you know, on guitars. Um, yeah, but I mean, a water feature in a basement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe skip the water feature, skip yeah. the bowling alley. But, you know, I mean, but you did your basement by and, yourself, right? Yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. you know, YouTube, once you find like, obviously you have to weed through the stuff that's, you know, legitimate YouTube versus just some guy. But there's a lot of great stuff with like this old house and, you know, other um, home renovation people that post videos that walk you through the proper ways to do things like, you know, for example, like putting up the studs around a door frame, you know, there's obviously mm-hmm. different techniques to do it. And it is overwhelming, but once you, you know, break it down and, and work through it, it's not awful. The plastering is the thing that I looking back would not do myself because it's plastering. just, it's a friggin' art form. Um, well, you know, John, we have a plasterer who listens to this show. There you go. Mr. Paul Wright. Paul uh, Wright. And, and luckily for me, I can, I can just ask him, uh, how to do it? I would offer tell you fly to him over, someone. but yeah, that might, yeah, yeah <laughs> this is be not like, what he'll say. Don't do it yourself. I think any plaster would probably tell you that. Um, yeah. and it's not just you know for their own business. It's like I don't know. It just, I, it's fine. But you know, I, there are parts that had to be redone by someone who knew what they were doing. Our family friend of ours, um, and other parts where you know, if you look closely, you can certainly see just gaping holes. You in can the wall. tell. <laughs> no. <laughs> Those animals. No, it's just through. a little unevenness, you know. Yeah. But yeah. I hope everyone's getting value out of, um, you know, the guitar and house talk because that's, I mean, let's face it, we're we're that's dads we're at for. an age where, you know, um, that's what what drives us. <laughs> oh my god, we, we have the most home repairs and and guitars. The most like holy shit, are we getting middle aged yet? Moment yesterday when when a, a good a great friend of mine, uh, Devin, we saw him for the first time in a really long time. And the family, and he was over, and he saw our storm door, and he was like, "Is that the the Anderson four hundred series or the eight hundred series?" And I was like, "Oh, it's the four hundred series, the eight hundred. And he finished my sentence. He's like, Spot too, on. "Too much money for the value." I was like, "I know." And the water proofing, tell me about. It. We're like finishing each other's I, sentences I'm just loving your about Devin the fucking storm too, door. You know, of course, well, that's kind of what he sounds like. Um, um, it's like a Devin meets Bane voice that you get going there i was born in the darkness yeah anyway uh, it, it is you know it, it makes it makes sense and it's okay to be excited about that stuff and at the end of the day ultimately we are making a safer and more enjoyable environment for our children and in your case i don't know a more musical would, one yeah i was gonna say i don't know if my kids would uh agree with the more enjoyable part but um <laughs> but no it's i agree and and it's funny because like i haven't been pushing it on them at all to practice or do anything you know they've like ukuleles that they could play with or whatever toy instruments too um and uh, of course, we've spent like no money on their instruments. Right, twelve dollars. <laughs> no, we have a piano too, actually. So I've, you do. I've noticed. You have a beautiful one. Um, okay. Yeah, and I've noticed. Yeah. You know, that was like we specifically wanted that to be in the house. Bethany can play, and and mm-hmm. you know is good. Well, she's she has the ability, but she doesn't practice. Um, but it's there, and it's you know just having it in the house. Um, we felt like was a good thing, so that our kids have the opportunity to learn instruments. And I've definitely noticed on their own, you know, Grace starting to like pluck the ukulele more and try to fiddle with it. And I taught her a few chords. So like, you know, that's our, our philosophy. Certainly I don't want to be pushing anything, at least at this stage. Um, and we'll see what happens. I love how you're talking about pushing them to be a professional musician <laughs> as somebody who picked up the guitar. They do a few have music ago. in their blood from, they do. from my, uh, from Bethany's family. You know, they're, they're all very musical. And I always said I never was right. I mean, I, I have a passion for, but look for at listening you, you got a music, the other but, day, John. but now, yeah, it feels good to even be able to have a conversation with you, Patrick, about any yeah. of this and know what the hell I'm talking about. Let, let me do a couple rapid fire questions. Go for, for it. You, okay. All right. What gauge strings do you use? Uh, 10. Nice. Yeah. Well, well gauged. <laughs> pretty thick <laughs> on um, the Gretsch I think it's the it's the super slinkies on the on the strat so they're the not ball yeah those are good yeah another question would be uh what is your favorite chord to play um it's a good question you know I'm I'm F is the one that of course is is very difficult I love the sound of it um and I guess G and C are more go-to because like I just feel really comfortable with them Mm-hmm. One that I've been really surprised that I have such a uh, negative reaction to is the A chord. I just don't. It's not pleasing A major. to me. Yeah, really? A major. Don't don't like it. I like A minor, but not A major. Yeah. Interesting. 
Yeah, I think there's, see, there's, re- there's reasons this, for it. This literally it, is just making my life that I can have this conversation. Because I, I, I distinctly remember any time you'd say anything remotely musical, you could say the word like harmony and I'd be like, what? You'd be like, <laughs> and have a, one of those little propeller hats on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, so with, with an A major versus an A minor chord on the guitar, mm-hmm. you are, when you're playing A major chord, right, you have the C sharp in your index finger and it's choking a string, right? Yeah. And so when you're doing that, you're making it a little bit less resonant than when it's open with a C natural. So maybe that's so what's going on. You can see why. Uh, Angus I Young of ACDC. <laughs> you can't see sharp why. Angus Young of ACDC famously yes. uses almost exclusively open chords in their songs. Yeah. So if you hear anything from Back in Black, for example, it's all like, you know, it's basically just D, G, and C, and A, and sometimes E major, right? Right. Because um, the, the chords that are that are open, that utilize open strings like that, um, are often much more resonant and much more uh, enjoyable to hear because of the nature of the instrument. So it makes complete sense to me. That you would choose that, and I gotta say, F. It's, I, I've been playing guitar for for much of my life. I still hate that. I, I still find it like just it's just awkward it's and it like, hurts my wrist. But and, and if you don't to, do it perfectly, yeah, you know, you choke the string again. That's and the it thing. just Sounds like it's, shit. Yeah, right? but but it does feel extremely satisfying to just like you you put in the work each day, and this, yeah. this is where it is. I feel like a life lesson for whatever, right? Which is another reason I love learning anything new, like biking or whatever, because you learn more about your own sort of. Um, personality and inclinations and mm-hmm. you know you just put in the work and you suck at it and you just do it keep doing it right and the same thing with biking like no one really explained it you just keep doing it and eventually you don't even have to think about it and so with the f chord right. i can do it on my electric guitars now it still isn't great you know acoustic is hard because you have to push real hard on it um but yeah but now i can actually it rings out and that feels really satisfying yeah um, i also great. love f major seven chord beautiful chord yeah um, very pretty chord so yeah yeah well this has been chord talk everybody <laughs> chord talk I <laughs> love last it. thing i'll say is experiment with alternate alternate tunings because that's always a, i know a great time, I, yeah that's, i'm that's always fun. Yeah. it's a little overwhelming but i have tried a few definitely nice um, nice nice it's nice, just nice. Ex- that extra work of you know having to then put it back after for other stuff but well, now you have enough guitars that you can just do what, you know, I do. I, do. I didn't even bands mention do and just yeah. leave it in a, one tuning, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. I did also purchase a multi-effects pedal. <laughs> oh, nice. Which one? <laughs> which is which is a lot of fun. Zoom, the Zoom GX. Yeah, I have a Zoom right over G3 there. G3XN, yeah. I think it is, something like that. Nice. Does it have um, the MIDI interface on sponsored it? Sponsored by Zoom. Uh, I don't think it has a MIDI interface. I don't even know. What would that do? You can put it in your computer with that. Oh, yeah. Cool. No, I guess I, yeah. it does then. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Anyway, uh, it has drum drum tracks that I can play, which is so much fun. <laughs> Instead of just using a metronome, you know. Right, right. You just like have a four on the floor yeah. beat going in the background. This is where I'm sure every anyone who started tuning into this episode has just. Hopefully, you've just fast forwarded. Well, I think they're probably confused also because your intro was so fucking weird today. It like was I, 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 I thought we were still doing our sound check. Before I know it, you're up and running. There's no. <laughs> this is just winging it. I, I definitely think you just did said, say. I said just we are winging just winging it. it. I, did you say? But did you say this is welcome I said to? We are just winging it. Oh, you said we are just. And then I just it. said some, and some, we something dumb about guitars because <laughs> I'm fucking giddy with a guitar behind me. You know, two guitars yeah. behind well, me. Yeah, they look good. Uh, my midlife crisis. Uh, yeah. So hopefully not middle of the life yet, but it's a, that's cr- right. it's a that's crisis. That's I think true. we can all agree that it's a crisis. Anyway, yeah. Uh, before we started recording, we were talking about how things are starting to feel significantly, significantly more normal now that so many of us are vaccinated. And uh, and both of us got to see people in person this weekend, and it wasn't terrifying. So yep. we're going to hopefully see each other soon and jam out and have a great time. Just hug. And, uh, and, mm-hmm. and just hug for a couple hours. And I got to say to all of you out there listening, <laughs> um, all two of you, that like I, I sincerely hope that you are also having this experience of just uh, really feeling like there's a thaw, you know? Yeah, things completely. Coming back. It is so refreshing. It's, in a sense, you know, I, I, I'm thinking about how every season, this time of year always brings that um, just incredible transition and, and, you know, I don't even know Awakening. how to describe it. There's something so uplifting about, right, the weather improving and yeah. spring coming, and that's what it is, and then summer. Um, so you've got that layered into it. And even last year, we were feeling, feeling more hopeful um, as spring rolled in, you know, maybe not yet because this was still a pretty dark time last year. But now with the vaccine too, wow, it is just, it's going to be kind of a wild summer, isn't it? It's going to be orgasmic. Like the, we're the just summer gonna, is going to be out yeah, of control. We're all going to just be running outside naked, um, <laughs> hugging strangers. Just eating dirt. 
<laughs> we we have been spending so much time outside, even mm-hmm. during the rain. I don't give a shit anymore. I'm like, oh yeah, bring bring it on. Yeah. We uh, so we. Uh, we've been doing workouts outside a lot lately too, which has been nice. And so we have Pumping some equipment iron. that's easier, easier to get out. Like, like for example, kettlebells. And so, yeah, um, we've been doing these family circuit exercises, which have been like, it's 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 like annoying how fun they they have been because I feel like every time I talk about it, I sound like such an asshole. But I'm going to talk I about it because it. this is it. we Do had it. this night last week that was like, it was like a unicorn night. And as it was happening, I was like, oh, we got to remember this night. Okay, so this mm. was I think Monday. It was just beautiful. It was like 64 degrees and sunny. Um, and so, of course, like, you know, when the kids came home and we finished work, you know, it was like nobody wants to be stuck in, indoors doing anything. So let's just do, like, everything that we can to just stay outside basically until it's dark out. And we let's did. Let's go walk to Fun Spot. Let's just go all the way to New Hampshire. <laughs> so we took out the workout stuff. The boys decided that they were going to do it, too. And so that was amazing. And we did a full run which is something that I, I do alone usually if I do it, but the yeah. whole family did it, where we did a whole like warm-up two laps around our property, which sounds like nothing, but the way uh, our property is arranged... massive with your property, well, yeah. You're, you're going to see. It's not, we don't have that much land, but it's arranged in a way that just like... It's just complicated, and it's long, and it's like there's an elevation change. So it takes like... It's like it's a like half mile a to do two laps. thing going on in the back, <laughs> yes. you know? There's this dude with hands in his... With eyes in his hands. <laughs> Um, so we go, you know, all the way through to like the end of the street. We like hit the stop sign and go all the way back down to the river and like, you know, touch the water and then go back up through the garden. And it's just this, this beautiful, beautiful run. And we did that as a family. And I had this moment while we were running where I was sort of like nervous about keeping the kids supervised because Micah and I, you know, we, we didn't want to like be behind them because we also had, we were about to do a workout. So we had to get a warm up, you know? Right. So we just started like listening to the pitter patter of their feet. And it was just like, I was so tuned in mm. to that moment and to them being there with us and just like, and then we did this whole kettlebell uh, circuit together, which was like a pretty intense workout. And the kids used like plastic baseball bats instead of kettlebells for it. <laughs> and during that, I had the grill going. So the first time through the super during set. It. All right. Yeah. So, so I had the charcoal, you know, going going in the chimney thing for the first superset. The second superset, I put the charcoal out and I took the veggie burgers out and we put them on the grill. Wow. Um, the third superset, I flipped the burgers and put the broccoli on. Man. And then the, after the final superset and cool down, like we just took them off the grill and sat down. And we didn't even like sit at the table. We just sat there on the ground and like ate on plates. And like we were all like a little bit sweaty and a little bit like winded. And just enjoying ourselves and feeling like, oh, my God, like we are not trapped inside anymore. And yes. it was so nice. I so love nice. it. Wow. Yeah. What a visual. I mean, that's just such a that's how we're all feeling right now. But, you know, that, yeah. that was a real experience. <laughs> you lived it. But it was it was actual. Yeah. And, and, and since then, the kids have been much more engaged in our workouts, um, which has been great. Yeah. And, uh, and Jude's been actually writing up his own workout plans on his little whiteboard. It's, it's so it's like so that's freaking so cute. cute. So it's been, it it's the been best a really nice when... week. Yeah, when when you're something you're passionate about, you know, they actually just like become passionate about it in a real way. It's not like, you know, because sometimes it can be in an annoying way where they're just like they half ass something and then leave. Right. Um, But that's really cool. So for us yesterday, we um, went, you know, as I've talked about many times, Luke and Grace ride their bikes to school and um, daycare. And so, you know, certainly they've been using it around this neighborhood. But we went up to a bike trail for the first time with them. And um, I looked after. And we rode with Luke and Grace for a total of um, back and forth. It was um, six miles. Wow, and that's amazing. That was just so cool to see. Like, poor Luke. Like, he's, you know, his Luke little legs so have little. to go How did he do so that? fast. Like, they're so, you know, they're moving so rapidly just to be able to stay up to us. Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously there were times where we had to slow down and he got distracted. And, you know, um, we would just go with it whatever and we ate lunch halfway through so it wasn't like it was all straight or anything but it was just so cool like i was so proud of him you know especially and grace because she's you know she's been doing great as well and i take it for granted sometimes because you've got a three-year-old doing it you know um but i just it was can't so believe much fun. that luke is keeping up with you guys and it was just so perfect for that i mean and, and he does not have yeah. training wheels right he just no has he that, doesn't like, multi-million dollar um training bike that That's now right. he yeah. has <laughs> traded up to like an actual bike right it's just a straight up bike yeah yeah. That's crazy, um, dude. It's so cool to see. Now, I could I could totally blow him out of the water if I was actually trying to go fast. So, Maybe you yeah. should just yeah. like teach him just a lesson. Just to show him. Yeah. Oh, of course, yeah. I do. Yeah. Grace actually can keep up with me. Like Really? She that girl it's 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 not, not only her ability, but also she has the will like where if she sees someone, she's very competitive. Hard of a so champion. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, you know, and I, I try to cultivate the good aspects of that, but there's certainly, it can be really tough, right? Because if you always want to win and you're not as good at someone else at something, um, yeah. that could be very frustrating for her. And it's like, you know, it's silly. Like, don't, but it's, it's anyway, that's a whole other topic probably. Do you consider yourself competitive? I guess to some degree. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think I've always... <laughs> I've always been, I don't know, it's an annoying word, but the overachiever thing, you know, I'm always like, yeah. I, I put, I put a lot of myself right to, to perform or whatever and, and be productive in ways that probably aren't always healthy. So I suppose, you know, it's no surprise that Grace would get some of that. She, she inherited it. I sometimes feel like I have lost that over the years and I kind of bemoan that because although being competitive, I used to be very competitive, and I feel like it made me even more insufferable than I already am <laughs> sometimes. But it also made me get really good at things like really fast because if somebody could do something that I couldn't do, I was like motivated by almost like anger about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then I, I would just like go that part. I think crazy. Has, I can it. relate to you that that part I think has shed away over time. Yeah, and now I'm just Age, like, oh, yeah. good for you. That's that's awesome. Like you know, yeah. I can't wait for you to teach me. As opposed to in the past, where I would be like, oh, you think you can get away with beating me at Halo? Well, I'm gonna get a fucking book on it. You know, <laughs> I used to just do. I used to do that, and I used to like have this physical, not physical, but a mental feeling of like a switch that I could flick mm. when it was like when I wasn't messing around anymore. You know, yeah. Yeah. and it, and if it was something that Overdrive I was somewhat switch. capable at, well, I'd just be like, okay, I'm not going to be nice anymore. You know, basically yeah. the, the switch was, was being nice or not. And sometimes you get to that point where it's like a friendly competition and you're like, okay, I'm not going to be nice. I'm going to actually like be destroy hard, you a hard ass. Right. <laughs> and, and, and it was, but it worked. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And now I just don't like, I don't have, I'm just, my nice switch got stuck on at some point and now I'm just like curious. I love it. I don't know. You went it's from okay. being angry to curious. I love yeah, it. Yeah, now I'm just great. like, oh, that's so great. Yeah, watch yeah. YouTube video. So, I mean, we're already like, you know, halfway in. Just yeah. one. Yeah, but we only have two bullet points to talk about today, right? But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm curious about, I, I've certainly had some experience in trying to put some of this stuff to the test and felt very challenged, I shall say, I will say right up front. Um, and what I mean by this as a refresher is, you know, some of the stuff we've talked about from this hunt, gather parent book. Um, and we, we had a conversation last time around in particular on really focused on this idea that there's this great Mexican word, uh, a comedido, right around kids that are paying attention or not just kids, really. It's a word around, you know, paying attention, right. And doing what's needed, mm-hmm. um, and how to model that and how to cultivate it in children. So we talked about having them participate more in what would otherwise, you know, maybe be more adult activities in the house. I mean, not those kinds of adult activities, but you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> and then uh, not what we didn't get into as much is how you handle kids who are misbehaving, which I also want to talk about now. But anyway, mm. before I even get there, um, I wanted to see if, if any of it has, you know, resonated in your household or you've put it to the test and, had any experiences around, um, you know, for example, getting out of the house on time, which is one one we talked about in particular. Um, right, it did not go well for me. But <laughs> right, well, the, weren't there also there were two weren't there two things we never got back to on the yeah, last so episode? Yeah, th- so there's an acronym in the book to help you remember these things. Um, team, right? Which is team. To, yeah, I was togetherness. Thinking meet, but that wasn't <laughs> quite right. <laughs> well, you got the right words. Yeah, yeah right. Um, so it stands for togetherness, encouraging autonomy and minimal interference right i don't even know right. which ones we talked about in particular i guess togetherness and en- encouraging right it's yeah i the... think we did those yeah yeah so what the hell <laughs> the other t- uh, automation and what my automation. allergies are bad john you got to be basically those allergies will get you <laughs> um that's what the a <laughs> wait, wait, stands what? for autonomy autonomy that's yeah. what it was okay. and minimal right. interference and minimal interference yeah uh well i will say one thing that has been very nice which is that the kids' uh, new uh, cookware set finally arrived ah. from France. It took about a month. From France? What the <laughs> Yeah. It's called Le Petit Chef. And it is... That's uh, it's amazing. All, it's all like sharp implements that are designed to be handled safely by kids. Wow. So it's just, it's just a peeler and a knife and, the, yeah. and a handguard. But it means that they can now basically nearly unsupervised 
prep food, which is That's great. That's amazing. So we can do it like, so we can actually be doing, you know, I can be doing one part of it while Micah does one part of it while they do, you know, the, the vegetables, sous chef stuff. Yeah. Um, and that has been great, I will say. Good. Um, so that's a good thing. I don't know which bucket that falls into. In I the don't worry acronym, about the buckets. Yeah, but 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 in terms of like minimal interference, I guess. Sure. Perhaps and autonomy. Not, yeah. And autonomy. Um, th- that's that's felt like it's been really helpful. I think there is definitely something to be said for letting kids uh, know that they're trusted, mm-hmm. right? And, and letting them know that you are aware that you're giving them some trust in yes. the first place. Yes. And that has with with cooking in particular because it's something that like there's this danger component, but also this big payoff. Like I built something, I made something component to oh, it. Oh yeah, it feels really easy to use that as a way to kind of access that thing that we're talking about. I agree. I think for for us too, the cooking has been continued to be a really great spot where you know I'm more comfortable just letting them do stuff. And and they it's interesting because like something like cracking an egg, which oftentimes I wouldn't bother with because I know that. First of all, like, you know, half of it's going to go in. And, and when you're baking, it's kind of <laughs> you kind of need the whole egg um, and it's going to get all over them and they're going to have to clean, you know, wash their hands and stuff. And now it's to the point where they'll either do it knowing that they'll then have to go wash their hands because they've got egg on their hands or they'll actually not do it because they don't want to wash their hands again. They want to mm. just focus on the other stuff like they've come to that conclusion in a way that when I just wouldn't let them do it, it would always be irritating. Right. Um, and that to me perfectly kind of conveys, it's obviously a small, you know, dumb example, but it conveys exactly what we're trying to do here, which is, um, modeling the behavior and also letting them arrive to the conclusions. Right. So that I think has been huge. Um, and, and along those lines, I've also been, um, trying to, you know, be less focused on commands or just answering a question that they Uh, ask me and instead respond with a question this is something she talks about in the book too where again you're trying to help your kids think (laughs) but how does that make you feel yeah i know it's wicked annoying but (laughs) (laughs) um but you know just what otherwise would be a command instead unless they're truly in peril right you know unless they're about to like i don't know jump off of a cliff i don't know right but does the saw blade scare you yeah what would happen if your hand went into that saw (laughs) right um, but, you know, it does definitely get them to think. I think the areas where I've been challenged, and Bethany and I have had many conversations about this because, you know, as a, a, a slight tangent here, um, I don't know if you ever have this this um, experience reading a book or, or, you know, I guess learning something new. This happens too. But in particular with reading a book, I go through this pattern of, like, you read something, and I'm talking about nonfiction here. You read something, and you're immediately, like, all in on it right you're just mm-hmm. very excited and bethany had started reading this book before me and the, and the person you're talking to who's excited it's usually they're kind of annoying right there it's just like oh they found this new thing you know <laughs> right. which probably is how i am on this show whenever i talk to you about something <laughs> um but it's also how i feel when i read something i get really you know excited about it sure yeah and then I, you, i'm i'm often that person in yes. interactions that i have yes and then you get to a stage where you know, oftentimes if you're not actually, if it's just like a historical nonfiction, you're probably you're not, you're not using that necessarily in a meaningful way. So it just over time probably goes away and you don't feel as mm-hmm. energized or passionate about it. If it's something that you are trying to use like this, you know, I, I then became very energetic and Bethany was in a different stage at that point where she f- probably was starting to accommodate more of that into the reality and, and realizing like, okay, this isn't as easy as it sounds in the book. Right. And so then I was the annoying person always bringing up the book, whereas she's like, you know, a little bit more like, all right, you know, there's some limits to this. Um, and I think I'm arriving there now after trying to, you know, test it out for a few weeks too, where I haven't at all given up, but I just feel like this is really tough stuff Mm -hmm. in the culture that we are in. And, and I'll use the example that you used because it is so, I think it just is is universally challenging for us in Western society, at least, um, which is getting kids out of the house and getting places on time. It, in general, it's just in particular, in yeah. But yeah. but school and the morning routine feels like a distinct thing because mm-hmm. you know you're trying to go to work and they're trying to go to school and all of that starts at a very rigid time. Right. Um, I guess work is a little more flexible these days, but you know what I mean. So I just. You know, the idea here, she specifically talks about even just watching another family, I think it was in Mexico, um, do their morning routine and how peaceful it was and how few words there even were. You know, siblings were helping each other get ready. There were definitely moments where the little kids wouldn't, 
you know, do what they had to do, but the adult would just meant say it once and then let and then wait 10 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever, and the kid eventually would would get it and do it, you know, like put on their shoes. Um which of course sounds like total fantasy, right, when you when you hear that. But Yeah, it sounds like bullshit. It does. I I can't help but think that there is a very sharp um, you know, difference that we have to acknowledge here in terms of our cultures and that we just in our society we everything's run on a clock and we're just always like hitting on that and i don't remember where we talked about that whether we talked about this last time around but i'm i'm trying to at least be more aware of the times where that is true i have to go to work they have to go to school or the times where it's a weekend and yeah we said we'd be somewhere at a certain time because we're visiting friends but really who cares you know like right we're gonna be 20 minutes late whether i yell right now or not (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's like it's just always the way and so I'm trying to let go a little bit of that, but I will say that, you know, the week weekday mornings are still just a bear, um, not every day, but very frequently. And the idea of stepping back and giving your kids more autonomy is, is tough. It, I, I haven't figured out how to do it. I haven't given up yet because I really think that we're trying to play the long game with a lot of this stuff, but it is, I don't know. It, it's very difficult. <laughs> Yeah, it is. We talked uh, quite a bit, I think, on the last episode about the polychronic nature of some cultures where this is different than our, you know, culture where everything is like, you know, according to the train schedules. Exactly. Right. It truly came from that. Yeah. The tension that comes out of that. But but something that I think you bring up that's a good point is that the weekends or when it's not that early morning school rush, like it's not a constant state of needing to hit things at certain times necessarily. And a lot of the time part of the beauty of a weekend is that right you can just kind of experience it as it comes and if you need to be somewhere you can say like oh i'll see you in the afternoon right yep. and then you just check in the day of and be like hey how's like two o'clock and then if you're there at 2 30 nobody really cares but that's an important thing to get to i think because so this is something that micah struggles with quite a bit because she's way more punctual than i am just in general <laughs> about everything yeah um and she's great at it like she's always early for everything nothing's ever you know handed in late She's never, you know, unsure of how long it's going to take her to get somewhere. She always checks in with people to know what time we're leaving. Um, and it's and it's great. And it's something that I've benefited from hugely because I, I have never been that person. And I'm still not that person, although I'm better at it now. Yeah, yeah. But she gets a lot of anxiety from it, too, because part of how she stays on that schedule all the time is this kind of this incipient guilt feeling yes. that she gets of like, oh, I don't want to let people down. I don't want to be late. I don't want to look like I don't care. Um, and so that carries through to the weekends when, you know, in the past, for example, if we were getting together with our families or something, um, and we said we were going to be there at noon, but if the kids wanted to stop and get something to eat on the way, like it would be a thing. She'd be like, we can't do that. We told them we're going to be there at noon. And I'm like, for what? For a surgery? Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. They're just, the food's going to be at the same temperature. It's not like we're going to walk in and eat the second we get there. Like right, right. part of, so, so. I think I I hope I've been helpful for her a little bit in that regard too, and that we don't we don't always have to necessarily be that sort of anxiety riddled with time. Mm-hmm. That being said, and I, so I, th- I think it's good to show that to kids, right? I think it's good to right. show kids that there are some circumstances where you have to take it seriously. No matter what happens, you have to be there at the time school starts, or it's a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. But there are plenty of other circumstances where you can figure it out together and you can be like hey how about like let's let's go there a little bit later this afternoon let's check in around three and like see how we're feeling and if we're ready to go then like we'll go right 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 um and that's something that i don't think i uh, to me i feel like growing up it was always very much like you're on time to everything right Mm -hmm. if you say Mm -hmm. you're going to be there at a certain time you show up at a certain time if you put something down in your calendar at the beginning of the week that's the time because i had you know disciplinary issues as a kid and i needed to be reminded of that all the time right yeah um, so I think that's an important life lesson in general with kids is that time is something that you have, you know, the ability to be guided by or not guided by. And those are valid, but it depends on the circumstance. But for mornings going to school, as you said, that's definitely one of those times where you have to get there on time, which is why it's so stressful. So something that we've been doing that's working a lot uh, is, and I say we, but it, it really is only me because Mike is gone when the kids are getting ready for school. So like, this is something that it just, that's from even a, more stressful than a right? personal I mean, yeah. perspective is all, it always is just like very stressful for me. Mm-hmm. Something that we've been doing is, uh, so I noticed that Henry lo- loves outfits and he loves picking out what he wears and he like loves trying different things on. And he just always has been that's like awesome. that. He loves accessorizing. He loves sunglasses, you know, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Lo- he loves like looking a certain way and like presenting that to the world, costumes, etc. Right. So um, we've built new dressers for them. So they each have their own separate dressers that are lower so they can reach them more mm-hmm. easily. And uh, 
I've been letting Henry, and then now Jude, as a result of seeing Henry do it, pick out his own outfits every morning. Yeah. Uh, and they do that while I'm doing something else. So I, so I, you know, I, I start off usually with the shower for myself, and so they can kind of like chill and they can play a little bit, and then I get them going. So now, like, I don't get dressed before that. I just, you know, get them going while I'm wearing my bathrobe. Right. And then while they're getting their outfits sorted and they're getting into it, I go do the same thing. And I'm like, hey, let's meet up in five minutes. We'll have breakfast downstairs. You guys get ready. Mm-hmm. And they never are late with that. And I don't know That's awesome. exactly what it is. But I think it's because, especially for Henry, because he enjoys it and he cares about that. So he feels, like, trusted. And I think it's because Jude sees that Henry's, like, doing a great job and he's sort of picking up on that and we uh, we have not been as late in the mornings anymore, yeah and it's been great i mean i think that's a spot-on example of or you know what um michaeline i'm sure we're still butchering her name um automation you know, purported or, or yeah presented in that book as a automation um <laughs> you give kids because instead of you could have you could have done that you know in the way that we often do where it's more about commands get dressed do this do that um and still giving them, you know, <laughs> you could say the autonomy to do it themselves, but the reality is you're commanding it in a way that's very, like, on their ass, right? Yeah. Um, which, by the way, as adults, too, you know, we all know, like, we all know that that's not a boss that we would want or someone in our life that would just be commanding us because right? it just is off-putting in a way that uh, it's demotivating, right? That's the better word for it. And this is exactly what she talks about in the book where, um, you know, pr- first of all, praise can also be demotivating she gets into that quite a bit that you know we we way overuse praise um but of course punishment and commands are are another real demotivator um and so i'm on board with it Uh, you know and i hope it lasts for you but i'll say for me (laughs) they both have been doing that for a while um you know getting themselves dressed and picking out their outfit and grace similarly just loves you know to do that in fact if if we're running late and she hasn't done it yet, then our threat becomes, okay, I'm going to go pick out your clothes. And then... Oh, nobody wants daddy to pick out exactly, those clothes. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I've seen uh, what you wear. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, cause she's got everything perfectly matched and I'm just like grabbing anything. Right. Um, she's like, daddy, why did you give me two raincoats to wear? It's like, <laughs> I don't know. And so that usually gets her motivated. But that's exactly my, my point where it's like, you know, you try to, to do this stuff that lets them do it on their own. And then there's just a point at which it's like, all right, I, I got to step in and I hate that mm-hmm. feeling. And I hate that I turn into this sort of command mode. Um, and, and it's becomes tense and angry. And, and so one takeaway that I wanted to convey here that I didn't get into as much in the last one, I don't think, cause I really can't remember what I already shared <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> you know, we talk about this so much on this show, so much of parenting is modeling behavior. Right. And we, I, I'll speak for myself. Um, I get angry. I get tense in these moments, right? Because it feels like they are just like disrespecting mm-hmm. me, it's right? It's personal. I, yeah. I, yeah, I need to go to work. They know this. They know they know they need to go to school. I've already asked them to do something and they're totally capable of doing it and they just don't. They just like you you walk back in 10 minutes later and they should be all dressed, but you know, Grace is just like playing with a doll. And that's really frustrating. Um so I'll just share I uh, this quote real quick um that I think, you know, speaks to this point so she says um her daughter is named rosie so she says rosie at age three is too young to know that two plus two equals four if she says five or six i'd i'd never get angry at her because i don't expect her to understand math i expect that i'll have to teach her at some point and if she's too young to grasp a concept i wouldn't lose my temper and get frustrated but wait and try again later inuit parents take a similar approach to teaching emotional skills to young children and that's the end of the quote and, you know, she goes on about the Inuit culture in particular, um, really, truly believing in the idea that, you, you know, it's our job as parent to, to never be angry at our kids. Right. And that's that's oh, fucking, good luck with that shit. Right. I mean, it's totally overwhelming. But, you know, I with all of this stuff, it's like I'm not going to it's overwhelming to think the idea that you'll never be angry. But I think there I think you can you can work on your anger and you can work on your own feelings in ways that you can't force on a kid. And you know, I'm trying to do that, which also can be, you know, conversely can irritate you even more when you try not to get <laughs> angry um, or try to get your spouse to not be angry. That, that doesn't go over well um, at all. So, <laughs> but I really do think there's something to it in terms of helping them see how we emotionally deal with something that we don't get, that we want, you know, that's not going our way. 
And so I, I don't know what the answer is here, but I feel like if you put, if that becomes one of your guides that you aren't angry with your kids, that you avoid that at all costs and you work out other means to get the same, you know, whatever end you need, it's extremely challenging, but I think there are some interesting possibilities. So one that I'll share um, is storytelling, which she also shares is a huge, plays a huge role in other cultures in ways that we just don't do here. Um, and it's, you know, so she uses the example of like, you know, why don't kids like, for example, get, you know, drown, like just go somewhere they're not supposed to go if they have all this autonomy, right? Why aren't they just getting into situations that are really dangerous? How do you prevent that without being more on them and like commanding? Mm-hmm. And she talks about storytelling and, and you know, literally the use of um, monsters and myth, mythology <laughs> as a means to, you know, to like, for example, sharing the story of the monster that lives in that lake that eats children. <laughs> and obviously, um, that's a very literal one where it translates to, oh, wait, don't go too close to the lake because there, there's a monster in there that might eat me. But she actually um, advocates for, for trying this method as uncomfortable as it might feel. So she, she did it with her daughter um, about a few different things. And, you know, she talks about these monsters that live in the house and you know I don't remember the exact circumstances and it still doesn't sit well with me but what I what I decided to do as a middle ground there is to use a story um, to help convey someone dealing with emotions that were similar to Grace's so the example was um, whining which is just the most you know obviously we all know how annoying um, whining is in general and so we were in this moment where I just, I felt so frustrated by it and, and uh, I couldn't deal with it anymore. And so she had just had a timeout. Cause she like hit Luke or something, you know? So we had just, we try to do a timeout. That's more of a consequence. Like I'm separating you from Luke, right? It's not just about being mm. timeout. And she was just in a very um, defiant state. And so I sat with her and as counterintuitive as this was to me, you know, I wanted to be angry, right? That was what I was feeling still. I, I tried to put that aside and I told this story, which I just made up on the moment and, and that was a little bit overwhelming, but um, of this unicorn, she loves unicorns. Um, that was, you know, I went into a lot of detail about the unicorn and how beautiful it was. Let's hear it, John. Let's go. Um, all right, here it is. So <laughs> there's a unicorn. There, there's this beautiful unicorn, right? And she has this shiny long hair and it's a sunny day and it's just like shining off of her glittering hair and everyone in the... Uh, all the other unicorns are like, wow, she's so beautiful. Um, and then uh, I don't remember what the exact example was. Let's just say she's walking around and she steps in poop. Okay. And, and then she just goes, ah, I stepped in poop. I don't want to be in poop. You know, you just go on and on in the most irritating voice, which uh-huh. I don't feel like doing right now for you listening. Um, <laughs> and then suddenly, you know, everybody's just like, oh, what's going on? And, you know, they can't even look at her. And, and it's, and she's it's, so covered in feces. At she's so covered in feces. She's just detestable. The wine yeah. is so awful that the sun starts to like go away because it's like, I can't hear this anymore. So the oh. sun in the sky starts to go away and clouds cover it. And it just starts raining constantly. And then she starts complaining more and more and it just keeps raining. And after a while, people are like, Hey, maybe, maybe the sun won't come back because it's tired of hearing her whining. And so they talk her down out of it and, you know, to take a deep breath and how to like handle the situation. Um, And then the sun starts to come back and it's, it's sunny. And then she goes to whine about something later and the sun comes back and it's like this, you know, wait, don't do it um, (laughs) moment. Anyway. So she just loved, loved the story and has since asked about it. It wasn't even, it wasn't even, you know, Amazing. I mean, I was happy. I was pleased in the moment that I came up with it. Yeah. But it gave us something to come back to in those moments where she whines, where I now talk about, like, careful, you know, the sun might go away. <laughs> you know, this is obviously two things surprised me about this. One of it's it's obviously an entirely made up story. It's not what she described in the book, where it's this literal thing of like a monster coming out when she whines. And two, it was so on the nose in terms of what she had just done that I thought it was going to backfire and she'd be like annoyed by it, you know? Mm-hmm. Cause like as an adult, you'd be like, okay, I see what you're doing, but that was not at all the case. Um, and, and she, it, she enjoyed it. And I did another one about uh, a brother who was hitting his sister and it, with that one too, it helped her. She's like, Oh yeah, I feel that way too. Cause I talked about how he felt after. 
and and I thought about you know Mr. Rogers and why so much children's storytelling is so successful and effective because obviously right it is with adults like stories resonate in ways that a direct kind of trying to teach them a lesson in the moment never will and so I wanted to share that one again as what I consider the long game you know I'll keep referring to that because I think what we're trying to do here is model behavior and 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 get at behavior change in a more long-term way rather than always feeling like in the moment we have to jump on it and talk it through and do a lot of work to remediate the situation um so that's the strategy overall that I think, you know, is one of my biggest takeaways here. I think that's great. That's, that's, that's a really effective mechanism for getting at something. And I think it gets to something that is easy for us to lose sight of, which is that once you become adept at something or used to something, it, it gets really hard to remember what it was like to begin it. Right. Mm. Like we, we, we become really bad beginners, the better we get at things, I think. Yes. Or the more used to things we get. Yeah, there's and a, so for, there's for a for whole us, idea of beginner's mind, right, for that very reason, that you always want to stay kind of fresh, yeah. Right, and, and that's, that takes a lot of active work. You it know? does. And uh, when you use storytelling like that, what you do is you sort of set a level playing field in a way because you, you get back to the point where instead of just trying to like impose this lesson that you've already done the work yourself to learn in your yeah. lifetime – to somebody who has not done that work yet and you're just sort of giving them a cheat code or like a shortcut to mm. it, which isn't going to go anywhere, you're helping them through well this sort of Socratic framework to figure it out for themselves, right? So That's you right. give them an allegory. Exactly I mean, the right. reason why stories work for people, the reason why science fiction is the mirror we hold up to ourselves or the reason why comedy is often the best commentary on society or the reason why Shakespeare still speaks to us now even though it's been 600 years, yeah. it's because they provide us with allegories to view our own world through and to work through through issues that we have that we haven't really figured out how to deal with yet for the most part, right? Mm -hmm. And so with kids, when you tell them a story, A, you're speaking to them literally in their language because it's a fantastical world and they're better at that than we are. That's the thing too, right? Yeah. Like when you're telling Grace about this unicorn covered in shit, like she's (laughs) she knows exactly what that shit covered unicorn looks like because she pretends all day long, right? Yeah. When you walk in on her and she's not dressed yet because she's playing with dolls she's not quote unquote playing with dolls in her head. Like she's actually like interacting with this exactly. doll. It's like a full being. So she, so she's better at that than you are. Right. Mm-hmm. When we do this with our kids too, like our kids are better at imagining these things and we are, as we're telling it to them. Um, yeah, that's such a good point. So there's, there's that, right. So it's a comfortable environment for them. It's something where they feel in control and they feel like they get it. And it's something where in, I think I, I notice this when we do this sort of um, storytelling stuff too, sometimes is that it forces me as somebody who's very used to understanding something to have to break it apart to like, what are the elements that come together to Mm. teach me this lesson? Like what are the other angles of it that, you know, I kind of have skipped over because they're not worth putting time into. Yep. Um, You know, if, if you were to tell grace not to whine because people will hate her or something, yeah, yeah. right. She'll be like, well, right. (laughs) And it doesn't go anywhere because (laughs) For one, th- I mean, for one thing, you're literally asking her to take your word for it, right? Yeah, yeah. And why is she going to do that if you're already in a fight and, and she's already not getting along with you in that moment? Like, why is she also going to be like, "Wow, you're you're I right, know, Daddy. I, know. I, I, you must, you must know something that I don't." know. <laughs> she's going to be like, "This is crap. He's making me feel bad. I'm making him feel bad. I'm going to go play with the doll," as opposed to telling a story. And as you tell the story, and she's finding her way through it with these breadcrumbs, she's like, "Wow, this kind of feels a little bit like what mm-hmm. we're going through. Like, I wonder what's going to happen next." And then. Before you know it, she's figured out for herself what the moral of the story was. And that is something that I think is really great. What I love about what you're doing, as opposed to the storytelling that I do with the kids, is that yours is much more like sort of intentional and in the moment. Yeah. I find that I do I think I do a good job of I'm positive imp- you do. <laughs> well, of imparting lessons with the stories that I tell. Yeah. But it's almost always kind of by accident as I'm coming to the conclusion of something. Like I mean the kids the that kids will ask for mine. a story. Yeah. Well, but you, but you, but you had a point though. Like you, you did it as a tool. I wanted to get, to get there, but right? I didn't know where it was going to go. You know. <laughs> but you, but you, you did know where you were going. You knew that the point of this thing was to help her understand why whining doesn't right. work. Right. 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 Um, and there, there are times for sure where you're doing this sort of like you know tit for tat story where you're like, well, I'm going to teach a, teach a lesson with this thing. But when I tell a story at bedtime, and we're not, you know, if we're not reading, you know, we have these recurring characters that I keep kind of peppering through stories that I've told over the years. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And I usually come up with a character in the setting primarily out of how funny it is. Like the point is that it's like funny and, and the kids will laugh at it. So like we have a whole of cast of characters who are like tugboats in New Orleans, 
right? And they all have like these these like Cajun accents, and they're just like yeah. ridiculous. Um, or you know, we have like characters who are gluttonous monsters that go to buffets and you eat all the food at the buffet. Uh-huh. And I always so, so I like set up these stories just because it's fun and because I kind of want to like see like how many stupid voices I can do. And then as you go through them, you realize like holy shit, the kids are paying really close attention to it it is and this wild, always right? happens right they'll correct me they'll be like that wasn't that guy's name yes like, yeah oh shit you're right that wasn't that guy's name <laughs> from eight minutes ago that i forgot about right because they're really wrapped up because as we said in their heads this is a fully imagined world this is a fully realized thing and like you said in a way that yeah in a way that you even as the storyteller aren't you're not there you're not at no that level. right yeah. I'm, I'm groping around looking for symbols to use and things but but they don't have to do that side of it they're just experiencing what we're saying and then usually because I've noticed how closely they're paying attention, as I'm telling the story, I'm thinking, like, what's something that I want them to, like, go to sleep remembering mm. from this? And that's usually where the kind of, like, lesson angle comes in. Yeah. And, uh, and and those lessons, you're absolutely right, stick with them. They bring them up. They remind me of things that I've talked about in stories to them and Micah, you know. Um, and that is 100% a great mechanism that gets at exactly what we were saying earlier about the, the Le Petit Chef knife cards and things right which is that you can you provide them with tools that they can use to learn a lesson for themselves right yes i think that's it i think our role as parents is helping them um get there in ways that you know we have to sort of work through again it just puts it on this longer and kind of liberating time scale where we don't have to always just be so focused on the behavior in the moment and in fact i would say you know and she's certainly encouraged to not try to deal with it in the moment um, because emotionally kids aren't in that space when we often do try to intervene, you know? And we're so, not in that space either. That's no, we the aren't. Thing, That's right? it, exactly. So actually she advocates even for, and I've tried this, and I think it actually has been effective, which is um, in those moments if kids just got a total meltdown, um, walk away. Like don't don't engage. And that is more effective than the like escalating anger and tension because oftentimes they just need to like do it. They need to have their meltdown and then usually they just on their own will come out of it. It's not always that way, but I've noticed that with Luke now um, where I can do that. I can just, you know, just walk away and let him do his thing for, you know, get over the meltdown because he can't have some stupid thing that he wanted. <laughs> and then, and then he just, he comes back. Um, so yeah, I think there's one other point I was going to mention on the storytelling front that I, Oh yes. The other in general, I think there's something, another powerful piece of this is that we're not always just focused on, you know, the moral of the story or imparting the lesson, but also helping them see a character who has feelings that they have, they have had mm. and that they can help. It helps them, I think, express their feelings again, in a way that I would say like Mr. Rogers was just so, you know, magnificent at with puppets. Um, because I, I was really kind of in awe of how Grace reacted to this, this boy who, or I was, I was a little, it was a monkey hit his sister and you know i was talking about how he felt and how he he felt like he let his parents down and 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 she just like you know in the moment she's like oh yeah that's how i feel too and it was really touching and it reminded me like oh yeah like they sometimes they just need to know that they need language to even convey what they are feeling right this goes to what she's saying about teaching them emotions we just take it for granted and, and we often resort to this idea that our kids are manipulating us and doing things. Um, I don't know. The Western culture has just come up with these ideas of kids, you know, whining and doing all this stuff to get to manipulate the system and, and get what they right. want all to the time. To be bad, bad kids or brats. Exactly. Right. And that is yeah. that is a unique facet of Western culture. And I and say, I just like, hate that so let much. it go, right? Like, we are yeah. not in control. So let's stop pretending that we are and let's help our kids develop their emotions in the same way that we help them develop reading skills and everything else. Well, what's uh, tough though, is that if we do do that, we consistently run into friction with other parts of our society, whether yes, that be but deadlines, fuck it. like right? I'm done with or that whether part. that be, but also older people, right? Like yeah. our parents' generation, yeah. like, you know, there have been That's moments the part I meant where, interactions with. with them yeah. where it's like, you know, I, I feel, I feel like nervous because I know that the way that I'm parenting is going to come across like I'm I know. enabling. Yeah. But I also know that, and Mike and I have talked about this quite a bit, like we know what we're doing is the result of really thinking about it and really working to create a great framework for our kids to learn. And we should not be influenced by pressure from other people to look a certain way, right? Totally. And if my kids do something disrespectful or that where they misbehave, right? 
for one thing, I'm not going to think of it as being disrespectful because kids don't do that shit. Like maybe <laughs> when know. they're teenagers, like they're, I can think of when I was a teenager, I would disrespect my parents occasionally sure, because sure. I was being an asshole. Right? Yes, yes. But for the, for the vast majority of the time, it's just a communication breakdown or it's an empathy breakdown or it's kids not having the vocabulary yet, whether literally, literally or figuratively to process what they're going through. Or kids having misplaced emotions and not knowing what to do with it. Right. Or it's our inability to see things through their eyes in a way that lets us be helpful as parents, right? It's mm-hmm. it's it's way more complicated than just like a child who's six deciding out of nowhere I'm going to be an asshole and hurt my mom, right? Because they right. just I, I, unless it's a it's a specific behavioral issue that's probably not where they're coming from, and I think that. Um, so that makes me feel a lot like when, when I'm more aware of that, which I think I'm significantly more aware of it now than I used to be over yeah. the last few years. I've really worked in this a lot. I'm much happier. And it gets to something that I wanted to, you know, before we wrap, just circle back around to. You were mentioning how, like, the goal is to not be angry, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Which I, although I kind of made light of it earlier, I 100% think that's accurate. And, yeah. and, and, I, and I think that I am a much less angry parent than I have ever been before in my life. And it's for the better. And the kids are better for it, too. Yeah. But it's it's the the process of like you know when you when you look back at the the parenting highlights that you've had when you felt like the best parent you could be like they were not moments of anger where you lashed <laughs> out at your kids right no if you ask any of those of those parents from an older generation who judge parents like us for being more quote unquote lenient with our kids and you ask them what was your best parenting moment they're not going to say oh when I screamed you know and slapped my daughter's face in the supermarket like that's just not right and even yes I agree with you and even in those cases where Maybe you got angry and that got the thing that you wanted, right? You were able to successfully motivate your kid to do whatever the thing was. Yeah. Even then, it doesn't feel good after. No, because you know what you know. You took a shortcut. If right? that's the way that you're teaching them, right, to only do the thing when they're being commanded or yelled at, is that is that what we want to raise in our adults, right? That they're right. only gonna, yeah, right? Because 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 and again, it's an empathy breakdown. If you think about yourself as an adult. When has it ever felt good or productive to have been yelled at for something? Right. Right? Right. If, it, if, if you're anything like me and you are and anybody listening to this, we have universal experiences. We have been yelled at for things or we have taken the blame for sure. things mm-hmm. at work or in our personal lives or with friendships that are having issues or whatever. And uh, and it always feels like shit, not only because it hurts, but also because you know you were misinterpreted, right? Right, right. Like, I have never in my life been involved in a creative project where I have tried to sabotage it, right? Yeah, yeah. I have never been like, I'm just not going to do my job and you're <laughs> exactly. going to deal and you're gonna deal with it, right? Um, what has happened is I've made a mistake. I didn't know that I was supposed to have something done and I feel terrible about it, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or I didn't, I didn't, you know, I wasn't as caring as I should have been and I didn't do the work that it took to realize that I should have been more caring and that was a mistake on my part. And, and things like that, like that takes introspection and it takes time and it takes this framework of exploring yourself. And so telling stories or giving, you know, autonomy they're great opportunities to help build that muscle development for kids where they get used to this idea that I should go outside of myself sometimes to see myself more accurately, right? Completely. I should take another perspective. I should use a character. I should try a skill that I'm not good at yet. I should do these things with other people and in conjunction with learning from other people so that when I need to like improve myself, I know what to do and I know that I've seen another perspective or I've learned from, you know, something that wasn't just fear i just yeah i, I think i think you're uh i think this meet uh, mikalina or whatever her name is, I think is, <laughs> is completely completely right about that i really do i'm i'm reminded too of a concept that Brene brown the the researcher shared um it was a book i read about actually you know leadership and and people that you work with but it also applies to to anyone that you are are um socializing with or family or whatever um and certainly with kids which is that everyone's trying their best and if you yeah. shift the paradigm away from this idea that, oh, that person's lazy or they're just not doing what they need to be doing or they're just not good at it or whatever. Um, and you shift that to they're doing the best with what they have. Right. And that's true of our kids, certainly. Right. Especially, I think um, it just it's it's like mind blowing. It really it challenges you in some ways, you know, but I think it also is like incredibly liberating because then. The idea of being angry with anyone is sort of like feels kind of pointless. Even some of the most repulsive people in your life, right? Because we all have them, perhaps. <laughs> um, they're doing the best with what they have or what they've been given or their life experience, whatever, however you want to say it. 
And what they have is fundamentally and materially different from what you have, yeah. right? Yeah. It's the whole this is water idea all over totally. again. It's, totally. It's, it's you don't understand what they're working with. And so for you to judge them on in terms of what you're working with is completely, uh, you know, terrible to do. And with our kids, especially, I know, you know, we should not be <laughs> expecting them to understand the emotional intricacies of these interactions that we still screw up in our 30s. Right. Right. And I think, yeah, I, I think uh, it's a really good point. So it's our job to, you know, just guide them along and, and uh, I guess get more creative with how we parent. Yeah. All right. Well, good. Good luck with that shit, Let's, John. Uh, yeah, I'll let you know how that goes. Um, after all, we are all just winging it. So, you know, there you we go. are, as you said at the Hashtag. beginning of the show, mm-hmm. with uh, a, a strange, what was it? It was we, we're just we're just winging it? We are just winging we are, it. We are. You know, we, someday well, we, another life the, goal. It was the we are. That was, we, that was, we it was because it was not a contraction. It. it was we are just that's what threw me off we're just winging it is that better <laughs> yeah it was better um, yeah. someday I'll work up the I'll, ability to learn how to uh, and then play the the intro song that would just be like you know we'll oh do a live God. can yeah. you imagine that but I, I would need it you know I need to actually um, learn it I can't find like a tab for it so yeah we'll, um, we'll figure it out together when we jam together we'll do it that's it that's Deal? our experiment yeah it probably won't take much but <laughs> it's not that complicated it's not alright it's a classic Good thank talk. you my friend bye alright bye, bye.